It's time for Tales of Terror, only on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. We're running through the snow-covered streets of Portland below. In the wink of an eye, the whole city has been transformed into Santa's village. Red brick houses and street lamps with Christmas decorations, as well as snow monsters that are hell-bent to kill us. We need to find a place to hide! I'm open to suggestions. Quick, down this alley! We might be able to lose this psychotic Frosty the Snowman! We quickly duck into the alley and hunker down. A moment later, the snow monster passed in front of the entrance. Slowly, the creature passed by, continuing down the street away from us. We lost him. Yeah, but not for long. Plus, there's tons of other things out there just waiting to pick us off. Byron... Please don't tell me that was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yes. His nose was shooting laser beams. What do you think makes it glow? Looks like he's gotten better. Better? What do you mean? Last time I saw him, I tossed an exploding Christmas ornament at him. Blew into bits. Probably took ages to pull himself back together again. You wouldn't happen to have any more of those ornaments, would you? Ah, sadly, no. No, of course not. That would make things too easy for us. We need to get off the street and find someplace safe. Then we need to figure out how to get away from all of this. I may be of some help to you there. She appeared out of thin air. She was dressed in what had once been the height of women's fashion from the Victorian era. A black gown with wide puffed sleeves, petticoat and a corset. She looked as if she had stepped out of a Charles Dickens tale. Kate and Bates held their guns pointed at her. With a snap of her fingers, their guns turned into a pair of large candy canes. Oh man, that was my favorite gun. I don't even like candy canes. Hello, Pale Man. It's been quite some time. You? But how? How can you... How can you be here? It's nice to see you again as well. Byron, who is this? Oh, allow me to make the introductions. My name is Krampus. And most people just call me Snow. I'm Santa Claus's sister. He did what? The Pale Man has somehow been able to elude us. Elude? (laughs) Frosty, I ordered you to bring him to me. I know. I'm sorry, Master. Perhaps he was able to escape somehow. Escape? (laughs) Impossible! I'm the master of the Christmas realm. None may leave unless I wish it. No, oh no, Byron is out there somewhere, hiding like the coward he truly is. Master, I bring news. What is it, Rudolph? I'm very busy at the moment. I swear, if you are here to tell me that Clarice the Doe thinks you are cute again, I will rip your throat open. No, it's not that, Master. 
Although she did get me a very nice Christmas present this year. It's this spiffy red scarf. What do you think of it? Rudolph, get to the point. Oh, sorry, Master. We received a Christmas card. It's from your sister. My sister? Why on earth would she be sending me a Christmas card? Give it here. Here you go, Master. (laughs) Well, this is jolly good news. What is it? What does the card say? It tells me where I can find the Pale Man. (laughs) Frosty, gather my warriors. It's time we paid my little sister a visit. At once, Master. Well, this this might turn out to be a very merry Christmas after all. (laughs) We made our way through the snow to a very small tent that stood on the side of a hall. Snow quickly led us into it. The interior proved to be a great deal more spacious than the exterior. It was vast and endless. Christmas decorations hung everywhere. A large tree that must have measured well over 50 feet filled the main hall. Nearby a warm fire was burning in a wood stove. This is... incredible. Dark magic if you ask me. This can't be anything of God's work. On the contrary, God's the one who gave me the tent in the first place. Nice chap, really. I do miss him since all that stuff with Lucifer came into play. Do close the door, would you? There's a good fellow. I so hate cold drafts, don't you? Right then, there's a kettle of hot chocolate on the stove. Shall I play mother? It's not bloody well ready yet. The milk has yet to reach the optimum temperature. If you think I'm serving cold cocoa again, you've got another thing coming. As you can see, the kettle can be a tad on the cranky side. Not cranky! I'm a perfectionist. Get the terminology right. I guess we'll hold on the hot chocolate for now. You should at least drink this. What is this? Something to help with your headache. It'll stabilize your thoughts for a time and stop your confusion. How did you know I had a headache? I've been keeping track of you since you entered this timeline. This will help mask the effects, but they will come back in time. You... what started happening to you? Yes. It's not unexpected. I also know there's no way to stop it as well. What are you two talking about? Doesn't matter right now. I'm very curious as to why you're helping me. We didn't part on the very best of terms. Water under the bridge, sweetie. Besides, I have no more love for my brother than you do, Byron. And what sort of wife would I be if I didn't help my husband in his time of need? Wait, husband? Wife? You two were married? Please, it's not like that. It was an arranged marriage, all political-based. I doubt they'd think that if they saw what we did on our wedding night. You couldn't even wait for me to get my socks off. I have to say, my back's still a little sore from that night. This really isn't the time or place for this. Forgive me, but the stories of Krampus say he's male and looks like, well, the devil. Those same stories also say that St. Nicholas is a kind, jolly old elf whose heart is filled with nothing but love and cheer for his fellow man. But we all know that's not exactly true, don't we? So the legends are all wrong. 
you're good and Nicholas is evil. And I'm also a woman. So how is it the world sees this homicidal maniac as this jolly old elf who can magically eat thousands of cookies a night without going into a diabetic coma? Nicholas has a great public relations team working for him. They've really pushed those happy stories about him everywhere. It's when he got that 1931 Coca-Cola ad going for him that... Look, we have bigger issues to deal with at the moment. Ah, yes. Byron is quite right. You see, if we don't stop Nicholas very soon, what's happening to Portland below will soon happen to the whole planet. by me again? It's quite simple. At midnight on Christmas Eve... You mean tonight? Yes, tonight. Nicholas's powers will grow exponentially. Everything that's happened to Portland below will swarm out and envelop everything. The whole world will become Santa's new Christmas realm. But that's not how it works. At midnight, Nicholas has always returned to his cell. It was decreed by God himself. Ah, but that's just it, isn't it? This is no longer the era of God. That was all wiped out when the Age of Lucifer came into being. Would someone please tell me what this Age of Lucifer is about? Byron keeps mentioning it, but never bothers to explain. It has to do with the whole reality stone thing I told you about. It's it's kind of... No, wait, let me guess. It's complicated. Well, yes. Yes, it is. We'll, we'll discuss it later. Go on, Snow. As I was saying, the decrees of God got tossed out the window. Nicholas is now free of his prison. He can do as he wishes. As Christmas Day nears, his powers have been growing greater. At midnight, they'll be at their peak. And let me guess, he's planning on using those powers to cover the world in his special brand of Christmas cheer. Yes. The Christmas realm will be filled with horrors the likes of which have never been seen before. It will make hell look like Disney World in comparison. This really doesn't sound good. It's not. There has to be some way to stop him. I've been working on that. The only thing I've come up with is to... somehow trap him back in his snow globe. The snow globe? Well, surely if he's free of it, he's had it destroyed. Actually, he's been holding on to it. From what I hear, he plans on putting you in it, then tormenting you for all eternity. He has a whole amusement park full of painful delights in mind for you. Huh. That sounds like such fun. If all you need to do is trap him, why haven't you done it already? What? You think it's easy to go into Santa's castle? Just stroll in and pick up the one object he treasures over all others. Then somehow use it to trap him? It's his center of power. His guards would tear me apart before I even opened the front door. Well, there has to be some way inside. A back door, a secret entrance, something. Sadly, no, Mr. Bates. There is only one way in and out of Santa's castle. And that's exactly where we're going to go. We both made a vow to the Watch to protect the world against darkness, regardless of the personal cost. So we're going to march straight into that castle, get to that snow globe, and do whatever it is that needs to be done to stop Santa. The problem is, we don't have any weapons. Unless you count this candy cane that used to be a gun. 
The candy canes are still weapons. Only, they shoot explosive gumdrops now. So we can help you stop Santa. Yes, and they make great snacks as well. Bit of a kick in them, though. Hope you don't have many fillings. It doesn't make any difference. Even with the candy canes, there's no way we'll be able to overcome all of Nicholas's forces. And that's the real problem. I've been trying to find a way inside for days now. I've come up with nothing. Then I saw you and your friends come into the city, Byron. And I realized a golden opportunity had presented itself. Golden opportunity? Why does that fill me with dread? It's quite simple, really. The moment I saw you come into the city, I knew Nicholas would send out his forces to capture you. Drag you all back to his castle where he would no doubt kill Bates and Catherine here. This is not making me feel better. Then of course start torturing Byron. That is why I made a point of finding you first. So we can help you stop Santa? <laughs> oh dear me, no. I brought you here so Nicholas would come and get you himself. I sent a card letting him know where to find you. You did what? I see. Once Nicholas knew it was you who had us, he'd be enraged. The concept that his little sister had somehow been able to outdo his minions. He'd never been able to live that down. Exactly. He would storm down here with his forces and lay waste to us all. Except you, of course, Byron. Oh, of course. I can't miss that amusement park, after all. And while all that's happening, you'd quickly slip off to his castle and take the snow globe. Spot on there, Katie. I can see why Byron lets you hang around him. So you're setting us up like lambs to the slaughter, all so you can get the snow globe. Better than letting Nicholas gain control of the world, don't you think, Bates? Sometimes for the greater good, some must be sacrificed. I'm just not crazy about being the one sacrificed. Neither am I. Kate, Bates, we're out of here. We barely stood before the door of Snow's home was smashed open. In he came, with an army of snow monsters behind him. A portly man with a white beard. He wore a red coat with a white collar, cuffs, black leather boots and holding a large battle axe. Hello, Nicky. I'm so glad you could make it for Christmas Eve dinner. Krampus, you have been a very naughty girl. I'm going to have to make you pay for that. Maybe some other time. I have some things I need to do tonight. Bye-bye now. In a flash of red and green light, snow vanished before our eyes, leaving Nicholas and his forces on one side of the room, Kate, Bates, and I on the other. A cold silence filled the air. And it's done. Our chocolate's ready now. Anyone care for a mug? <laughs> Kill them all! <laughs> and leave the pale man for me. Bates, now! Kate and Bates opened fire on Nicholas's forces with weaponized candy cans. As Snow had pointed out, they now fired explosive gunpowder. Each snow monster the pair killed, two more took its place. Soon the main hall was swarming with snow monsters, all fighting to get at us. We can't keep this up much longer! I know. Just hang on a moment, I know I put it here somewhere. Aha! Uh, that looks like a walking stick. It's not just any old walking stick. Quickly, both of you, just grab onto it. Kate and Bates did as I instructed. 
Just as the snow beasts were poised to grab us, we vanished. What? What? Where? Where have they gone? I'm assuming no one wants any hot chocolate. You know, I put a lot of work into this. It's a true masterpiece, I tell you. It's a shame to miss it. Time and space folded around us as we were pulled out of Krampus's home. We spun up into cold, icy blackness, only to materialize moments later upon the steps of Nicholas's castle. I think I'm frozen. Just take slow, deep breaths. You'll warm up in a moment. I admit it's not the most pleasant mode of travel. What the hell kind of walking stick is that, anyway? It was Death's once. I made an agreement with him so I could use it. Death's? You have Death's walking stick? Yes. He uses it to collect the souls of the dying. It can take him anywhere in the various realms. So why haven't you used it till now? Because it comes with a high cost. Every time I use it, it affects my being, slowly changing my nature, turning me into something else, something darker. You make it sound alive, like it's feeding off of you. In many ways, it is. If it's so bad, maybe you should get rid of it. Oh, believe me, I've tried. But as long as I have this on my hand, it will always come back to me. I was wondering about that. I saw that mark on one of the pictures of you in the file, but the watch's notes don't give any information on what it actually means. It's the symbol of death. I tend to think of it as my own personal mark of Cain. Sooner or later, it's going to bring me to... Oh, goody, there you are. We saw Snow standing at the top of the staircase, smiling cheerfully down at us. You expected us? Oh, indeed. Byron is quite resourceful for getting out of tight situations. Although I have to admit, I am quite surprised he bothered to bring the two of you along with him. You could have given me a little warning before leaving me in the lurch like that. I thought about it, but then you'd get all tense and go off on one of your little rants about how using people as tools is inappropriate. Although, come to think of it, you're the one who taught me how to do that in the first place. Interesting. Did people ever punch you in the face when you treat them like that? Not as yet. Lucky I'm here then, isn't it? Give it a rest, Kate. We need her if we're going to find Santa's snow globe. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Now, shall we go in and have a look around? The castle looked to have been cut out of ice, everything gleaming bluish-white, yet not cold. It was filled with various Christmas decorations, given a dark and twisted turn. Keep your eyes open. Nicholas has left bouncers to be a surprise for anyone who gets in here. You mean traps? Yes. Has anyone else seen the Christmas tree? What about it, Bates? I can't be certain, but... Are those zombie heads hanging like ornaments off it? I'd say yes. I'm pretty sure that's a jack-o'-lantern on the top where Star should be. I think it's watching us. <laughs> it's definitely watching us. More like a Halloween tree than Christmas. Nicholas always did enjoy Halloween a lot. 
Probably wouldn't be such a grumpy puss if he were the patron saint of that holiday. If it's all the same, I feel Halloween is dark enough without his involvement. So Byron, where are we going to find this snow globe thing? Not certain, but if I were to hazard a guess, I would say it's in one of the pockets of Nicholas's coat. Isn't that right, Nicholas? <laughs> Very clever, pale man. How did you know I was here? This is your realm. You're able to come and go as you please. You probably came here just after we left and have been waiting for us. He stepped out from the shadow of the Halloween tree, his axe gripped tightly in one hand. Kate and Bates took aim at him with their candy canes. Put down the axe, Santa, or I swear there's an exploding gumdrop with your name on it. I cannot believe that sentence just came out of my mouth. <laughs> Do you really think those toys will have any effect on me? Here? <laughs> In the heart of my own realm? <laughs> He's right. Your candy canes will have no effect on him. So, where are the rest of your troops, Nick? They stopped off to have a cup of hot chocolate before coming back. That kettle of yours, Krampus, was rather insistent upon it. But they'll be here soon enough, and just enough time for us to talk, pale man. Oh, this isn't going to be that whole I took over your role as the patron saint of children again, is it? What? <laughs> when I am about to become the most powerful being on the planet? <laughs> no, no, pale man. The offer I make to you is rather a simple one. Nicholas reached into his coat pocket and pulled out the snow globe we've been seeking. It radiated a red and greenish glow that pulsated like a beating heart. He held it aloft in the palm of his hand. For twelve centuries, I've been trapped in this Christmas realm because of you. The choice of what happens next is up to you. If you wish for your wife and friends to live, kneel before me and call me Master. Kneel before you. Kneel if you want them to live. Bates, you're a good shot, aren't you? Best the watch ever had. Snow globe, now. Bates fired his candy cane. The explosive gumdrop sailed through the air, slamming into the side of the snow globe, shattering it into a thousand tiny pieces that rained the floor below. Nicholas stepped back from it, looking bewildered. <laughs> this is impossible! The, the snow globe is indestructible! It was indestructible, at least back in my timeline. Indeed, if you had done this back there, I doubt I'd been able to stop you. Once Lucifer freed you from the snow globe, all it became was a vessel. A way to channel your powers and very vulnerable to attack. What? What's happening to me? The powers are fading and your realm along with you. No! I, I won't let you do this to me! Not again! I didn't do this to you, Nicholas. You did it to yourself. You were free. You could have gone anywhere and done anything you wanted, but your obsession with revenge against me led you to this. Please! Help me! I'll do anything you ask! There's nothing I want from you. You're a psychotic cripple. I'd never waste my time on the likes of you. But, Merry Christmas anyway. That's it? Santa's... gone? Yes. Well, what happened to him? 
And where's his castle and all that creepy Christmas stuff? Gone with him. Portland Below will be returned to normal soon, along with everyone who lives down here. Will they have any idea what's happened? Probably not. So we pretty much saved the world, and no one has any idea we've even done it. Looks that way. Believe me, you get used to it after a while. Does that mean Santa's gone forever and Christmas can go back to being its cuddly, hot, cocoaed self? Well, Byron didn't really say that. Snow held her hand aloft. The broken shards of glass leapt into the air and reformed the snowflake. It came to rest in the palm of her hand. As long as Christmas exists, Nicholas in the Christmas realm will exist as well. But for the moment, he is safely locked away again in the snow globe. Until next Christmas Eve. Just in time too, midnight. It's Christmas Day. And to cut this one close, didn't we? <laughs> it's business as usual for us. I assume you have somewhere safe to keep that. Yes, right on the mantle over my fireplace. It's been good seeing you again, Byron. I've missed you over the years. Yes. Perhaps we can do this again sometime, but not with the whole end of the world thing hanging over us. I'll look forward to it. Come along, you two. Back to work for us. Work? It's Christmas Day. After tonight, I think we've earned a rest. Rest? Bates, we still need to find out who destroyed the watch, let alone stop the whole Age of Lucifer thing. I have to agree with Bates here. I'm all for kicking back some and taking a break. It is Christmas morning. Maybe we can find some eggnog someplace. Eggnog? You like eggnog? That's surprising. (laughs) What's so surprising about that? I'd figured you were one of those staunch religious types. You know, who spends all Christmas Day in prayer and deep meditation or something. Uh, I'll have you know that Jesus loved to party. His first miracle was a wedding in Cana when they ran out of booze. So yeah, there are some people who can worship God and enjoy the fruits of the world. Really? Do you happen to know any of these people, Grumpy Cat? Stop calling me Grumpy Cat! Please, don't start this again. After tonight, I don't think I could handle it. Come on, we have work to do. But maybe some eggnog first. And turkey. And stuffing if we can find any. Oh, and don't forget the cranberry sauce. And I mean the real stuff, not that crap gelatin in the shape of a can. Don't forget the mashed potatoes. And for dessert, a big slice of pumpkin pie. I think that's more a Thanksgiving thing. Right then, back home. Damn! I knew I forgot something! Needed to tell Byron we have a daughter! Oh well, maybe next Christmas. Listening to the Byron Chronicles, Season 5, Episode 5, Krampus. Written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Natalie Van Sistine as Snow, Mindy Rast Keenan as Agent Catherine, Peter Cat as Agent Bates, Scott Z as Frosty the Snowman, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, and Snow Monsters, Eric Busby as the Kettle and Jack O'Lantern and Darren Marlar as Santa Claus. Music 
by Shadows Symphony, John Carl Toth, Kevin McLeod, and Mayu. Byron Theme by Kai Hartwig. Script edited by Rick Myers. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Coming in 2015, a dark superhero tale continues. Cascade. Only from Eric Busby Presents. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, oh, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. <sighs> Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O! Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour, and now there's... Yeah? Twisted Pulp Magazine! <laughs> What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome. You definitely have that right, my good man! <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy! And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere or at digitalvaudeville.com. That is D I G I T A L V A U D E V I L L E dot com.